Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right. What's up, everybody? Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy you're listening. Well, the election from 2022 midterms is over. And we basically have, we still have a 50-50 Senate, or maybe we have plus one for the Republicans, not sure. And it looks like there's going to be a majority Republicans in the House, but no red wave. And to be honest, I was a little bit shocked because after COVID and this massive bout of inflation, which we're going to talk about today, I was really just shocked that uh, the electorate did not make the the current government pay pay for this um, horrible mismanagement of the country, its finances, so on and so forth. So anyway, I mean, it just goes to show how entrenched people are you know for their team the democrats for their team and the republicans for their team and nobody's budging uh the rhetoric lead up to this election was just incredible i mean there were people talking about there's democracy on the ballot and the future of the country is on the ballot and all this kind of stuff and um it was just interesting it was an interesting Uh, midterm election cycle. I'm glad it's over because I think it's mostly just a bunch of garbage. The only, uh, the only people, the only two people that I can think of off the top of my head that I was impressed with at all, maybe three is Carrie Lake, uh, who was running for governor in Arizona. Um, Blake Masters, who was running for Senate in Arizona and um, I was a little bit, I guess, impressed with Lee Zeldin, uh, who was running for governor in New York, who lost to that idiot, Kathy Hochul. <laughs> I mean, I'm just surprised how many idiots won. Um, John Fetterman beat Dr. Emmett Oz in Pennsylvania for the Senate position there. So it was just really a very shocking, you know, to me, I was very shocked because um, when you have... Uh, an economic system that's bearing down on people the way ours is, they usually make the politicians pay. And, you know, we, you, you, but I think, I think this is a good exercise in understanding the old saying, you get the government you deserve. And ultimately we are going to get the government we deserve, uh, unfortunately. So today I wanted to, you know, the, the inflation thing was just big to me. I, I just am shocked that, again, that uh, the American public didn't make the current uh, uh, incumbents pay with their job. Um, but to illustrate how they were demagoguing inflation, I've got this little, this little segment from Joy Reid where she's complaining that Republicans are around running around teaching um, Democrats uh, the word inflation 
Like the, like people don't even know this word inflation, but Republicans are running around teaching people this word inflation, which I just thought was hilarious. I mean, everybody knows what inflation is. They may not know the, the academic definition, but they, they certainly know the result that, uh, of what inflation, you know, how it shows its uh, colors in the economy in, in the way of higher prices. So I, I, I wanted to play this and make fun of her a little bit. And just, I mean, to me, Joy Reid, and a lot of, there's a lot of talking heads in the media that are just kind of indicative of the times we live in. And, and of the electorate that is, uh, that is voting for these idiot politicians and their dumb policies. Um, you know, there's going to be a price to pay for all of us. Um, and, you know, hopefully it's not too stiff, but I fear that it's going to be a pretty big price in the end. Um, this is Joy Reid. She's a host on MSNBC talking about the concept of inflation. Let's watch together. So it's interesting that Republicans are doing something they don't normally do, right? Which is not use the, com the common tongue, right? Not use just common English to sort of use do on their campaigns like they're doing with crime. But what they've done is they've taught people the word inflation, right? Yeah. Most people who would have never used that word ever in their lives are using it now because they've been taught it, including on TV, including in newspapers. They've been taught this word. I just think this is hilarious. She's lamenting the fact, I mean, first of all, People know what that word means. But then she's lamenting the fact that people are being taught something, you know, like it's not a good thing for people to know what the word inflation means. It's better to just keep everybody fat, dumb, and happy and pulling the lever for Democrats. I mean, that's the implication of what she's talking about. I don't even think she realizes it. You know, she's... Now, this woman, just, just so you know, I think she's a complete imbecile. Okay. But this is, she went to Harvard. You know, what I'm noticing is more and more dumb people have come from Harvard, you know, and I, and I know at one time Harvard was a great institution of learning. I mean, like critical thinking and learning the classics and, uh, learning, you know, deep history and political theory and all these types of things. Man, they are turning out complete idiots. First of all, they're letting people in that are already idiots. Okay, they're not... I mean, there was a big thing on 60 Minutes here recently about the lawsuit against, uh, I think it's Yale University and one other university, maybe Stanford, where they're, they're basically, you know, selecting black and brown people over whites and Asians. I mean, to the tune of like, just to kind of give an, ex an example of how much they're, they're giving a leg up to black and brown people. It's something like 200, if you're, if, you're, if you're of color, if you're a person of color, it's like having an additional 200 to 300 points on your SAT. I mean, that is huge when, when, it, when it already takes like 1,400 or 1,480 for them to even look at your application, right? When you're, when you're talking about, uh, you know, boosting, they don't actually add the points, but what I'm saying is when you compare it with people that applied that didn't get in, it's like a two to 300 point bump in their application if you're black or brown. So just by definition, they're letting people that aren't as bright into these schools now.
and and they're doing so in the name of diversity. And what they're saying is that uh, it, 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 it improves uh, the school, the other people at the school, if, if there's more black and brown people there. And maybe it does. Okay, I'm not, I'm not judging that. It's potential, it's potentially does uh, improve the environment at the school. But at what cost? I mean, now, you know, people that graduate from Harvard and Yale and Rutgers and uh, Cornell and these Ivy League schools, they typically go into uh, very important jobs in our economy. I mean, the kind of jobs that that really direct, that have a lot of responsibility over a lot of people's lives. And so at what cost are we graduating people from these universities or letting people in to these universities uh, when they're not really the brightest people? I mean, that's something I really worry about, but that's not the topic of the show today. I just think it's funny that she's sitting there lamenting the fact that people are actually learning something. Now, the introduction was by a Fox News host. So this is what Fox News is doing is they have a, a, a panel of voters and they're, they're playing this clip to them and then they're going to get their comments. And I, I thought some of the comments were interesting as well. Margaret, I saw you scoff during that. <laughs> I mean, it's just absurd that people don't understand what the word inflation is. I mean, we're all adults we're here. It's we're feeling it everywhere. It's ridiculous that, that, Our customers are feeling that we're being told that we're taught this or fed this oh through God. the media as though we don't, you know, aren't intelligent individual people that understand what, what's happening around us and, <laughs> and what's happening in our pocketbooks. And she's a Democrat. Voter. Yeah. She's, and, and, and by the way, you were a Democrat. You also raised your hand. You're going to vote Republican in this election. Yes, I already did. I voted all Republican except for one Democrat. Yeah, I don't think people like Joy Reid even realize that they're being offensive, you know, that they're looking down at people and talking down to voters and, and not just that, but their customers, you know, viewers on on their uh, viewers viewing their program. And you can just hear in this lady's voice by her response that she's offended and she thinks it's ridiculous and she thinks Joy Reid is ridiculous as a result of it. So... You know, I think what's perfectly clear, you know, I, I really just don't even think this is in dispute, that the trend of, of government intruding in people's lives and our lives in America has been on the increase for a long time. In other words, there's government left to its devices will continue to expand, continue to... Uh, encroach on your civil civil liberties, uh, continue to make things worse to the point where even if you're not, like let's say you're a voter today and you're not concerned at all about anything the government's doing. Like you're one of these people like, yeah, I basically trust the government. I don't worry about it. Well, given the trend that that is clearly in place, I mean, when when I grew up, when I was 20, okay, the government, the federal government was non-existent in, in people's lives. Now, maybe if you made a lot of money and you paid taxes, it was there, but it's, it was non-existent, basically. Now, it's, it's, it, it, it's ubiquitous. It's involved in everything. And the more it gets involved with, the, the, less you necessarily, the less control you necessarily have over your own life. And so my, my point is that trend is, is in. That trend is, is continuing. And it's just a matter of time 
before they get to something that you care about. And you saw this, this election season. You saw people going to school board meetings and saying, this is ridiculous that you're talking to my kids about transgenderism or you're promoting you know, uh, some sort of drag show at the local VFW hall or whatever, whatever they were doing. So my, my point is, even if you're one of these people who doesn't really care or you think the government is really not that big of a deal in your life, they will eventually get to something that you do think is a big deal. This is why it is so important to not even give them an inch. And I don't think people fully understand this. I think they think, well, it's not that big a deal, you know. It's really not bothering me that much. And so they just pull the handle for Democrats because that's what they've always done. And they like the Democratic message because it's kinder and gentler. You know, they think that's, that's sweet and more humane and all this. And it's not more humane because eventually... They're going to come for something you like, something you want. And then, you know, it, it's almost too late to fight. At some point, uh, if, you, if you wait to push back on government, at some point, it's too late to push back. They're just too far down the road. They have too much control, too much power, and there's not anything you can do about it. And so this is, this is in my mind, this is not even in dispute, you know, I don't care if I'm talking to Republicans or Democrats or even Libertarians. I think Libertarians understand this better than anybody. That the trend is toward tyranny. That trend is clear and is not really in dispute. Yeah, you can haggle over, should we cut taxes or raise taxes? Should we, should we build public housing or should we... You know, whatever your issue is, okay? It doesn't really matter because eventually... It all leads to tyranny, and eventually everybody will care. It will touch everybody's life in a way that they have to care. And so this is why you should push, push back now. Americans voters are not stupid people, right? And when, when you, from the White House to these talk shows, we're told we don't understand what's going on. We're living it every day. These people in their ivory towers have, they're the ones with no concept and they think we're stupid and they're trying to snow us. And then they read polls and suddenly you hear like a Kathy Hochul suddenly changing her tune on crime. Why? Right. Because the polling was bad for her position. Yeah, you know, this guy speaking is right. You know, these people sit up in their ivory, a lot of these people make millions of dollars, you know, to talk. And of course I'm talking now, but I don't make millions of dollars. But more importantly, they're talking mostly to try to manipulate. They're not, um, they're not reporting the news uh, to you uh, without bias. Uh, they're, they're trying to manipulate you. They're, they're trying to explain, uh, explain away why Joe Biden is doing this or why the Democrats are doing that. And, and this, is, uh, this is offensive because usually they're manipulating. They're trying to manipulate us into thinking something that... Uh, that's not true. In this case, that Republicans are out, you know, trying to teach people about inflation. And, and so what's so bad about that? Maybe there's somebody out there that doesn't even know anything about inflation. And maybe it's good for them to, to teach it a little bit and explain inflation. I mean, that's what I do here. You know, now granted, the audience, you know, is here to maybe learn something or learn my opinion 
uh, or maybe you'd be exposed to something they, they wouldn't otherwise be exposed to if they were listening to MSNBC. But, you know, what's so bad about that? If somebody's trying to learn something different. I don't, she's just like offended or something that, that uh, people are trying to explain something about the way the government works so that you could have a more informed voter out there. And, and you can just tell this guy's irritated. I mean, he's irritated. His answer is like, this is just ridiculous, you know. They sit up there in their ivory tower and they, they say stupid things all day long like we, like we don't know any different, you know. And I suppose some people watching these programs don't know any different, but the vast majority of people do. They know what inflation is. They know that price is going up, even if, even if in the loosest definition, you know that uh, it causes prices to go up. All right, I'm going to switch gears here now and, and go to Ron Paul. This is from Ron Paul's 2008 campaign, and this is on the debate stage, and he's talking about things that we've talked about here, honest money, inflation, and you know just all that stuff. And you know he's explaining, or you know maybe some people would call it mansplaining, but he's, in his grandfatherly way, he's explaining some of these things to an audience watching the debate. Drugs. I think this is not a consequence of free markets. What's happening is there's transfer of wealth from the poor and the middle class to the wealthy. This comes about because of the monetary system that we have. When you inflate a currency or, or destroy a currency, the middle class gets wiped out. So the people who get to use the money first, which is created by the Federal Reserve System, benefit. So the money gravitates to the banks and to Wall Street. So that's why you have more billionaires than ever before. Today, this country is in the, in, in the middle of a recession for a lot of people. Michigan knows about it. Poor people know about it. The middle class knows about it. Wall Street doesn't know about it. Washington, D.C. doesn't know about it. So I believe this was a debate in Michigan. And uh, you can hear him talking about that's why there's this huge transfer from the middle class to the, to the upper echelons of our society. And, and then he goes on to talk about, you know, they know about it. They know what's happening. Um, but, you know, there's not much an individual can do until we get mass numbers of people understanding that the monetary system is the source of inflation and, and, and more importantly, the government's ability and authority and willingness to inflate the money supply at our expense, okay? It's at the government's expense too, but to his point, they get to use it first. They get to use the money before prices go up. So if I'm, if I'm going to buy a bunch of resources from the economy and I get to I get to spend that money before anybody else see I get to buy those resources at today's prices but you as a consumer after that money gets spent into the economy and ripples through the production system and prices adjust you get stuck paying for things at higher prices and this is this is why inflation is so pernicious is, is, it, is it favors the very people that have the authority, quote, and I'm using air fingers quotes, because they really don't have the authority to do that. If you look at the Constitution, okay, go read the Constitution. Go look at Article I uh, of the Constitution where it lays out Congress, 
the United States Congress's authority. Okay, and one of the one of the areas which you'll see is that Congress shall have the authority to coin money. Coin, C O I N, doesn't say print. It doesn't say, you know, digital currencies. It says coin, meaning made out of metal. And the reason this word is so critical, and people just treat it like, oh, it's just the word they used back then. No, no, no. This was by this was on purpose. This was by design. People knew about printing money at the time. I mean, the the Chinese invented paper currency like 5,000 years ago or something. Paper currency has been around for eons. And the founders knew about paper currency too. And this is why they use the term coin money. But people don't people don't think about this. They don't they don't they don't look at this as some critical term. You know, it, by the way, think about this, you know, a term like coin money. This is this is when uh, this is in the times we live in where the United States Supreme Court uh, pontificates over the supremacy clause and the commerce clause. What about the coin money clause? <laughs> why why don't they why don't they consternate over that? You know, that is that is a more critical that is probably a hundred times more critical than these other clauses that they that they sit there and wring their hands over. Okay? I think it's time that they start focusing on the co- coining of money clause. Because that's that's what's making us poor. The fact that Congress is not doing that. They're not coining money, and instead they're printing money. But it's because of the monetary system and the excessive spending. As long as we live beyond our means, we are destined to live beneath our means. And we have lived beyond our means because we are financing a foreign policy that is so extravagant and beyond what we can control, as well as the spending here at home. And we're depending on the creation of money out of thin air, which is nothing more than the basement of the currency. It's counterfeit. I love this saying that he makes at the beginning. As long as we live beyond our means... We are destined to live beneath our means. What Ron Paul is talking about there is anytime we have a budget deficit, that money is borrowed. What does that mean? That means the treasury creates a pretty little piece of paper called a bond. They send it over to the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve sells that bond. Hopefully, they sell it to investors. But the point is, even even if investors buy it, Investors buy it with money that was used, that was uh, created through some production. If we go in and buy it, which sometimes happen, if the, it happens, if the Federal Reserve goes in and buys that bond, that's just like writing yourself a check. And everybody knows that you can't write yourself a check and make yourself a millionaire. So when he, when he says it's counterfeit, it literally is counterfeit. You are... You are Counterfeit just means that you're you're able to use money and demand resources from the economy and using money you didn't earn. In other words, you didn't produce yourself anything for the money, but you get to go out and demand resources from the economy. It's easy to see, it should be easy to see for everybody, that this is a huge intervention into the economy. If I get to go... If I get to go take money that I print in my basement 
and I get to go demand resources with that money from the economy, it should be easy to see that that, that, that is inherently unfair. It's unfair to everybody else that uses the U.S. dollar, which is only everybody in the world. So, you know, this is, it, it, it is counterfeit. And this brings back another principle that I often bring up. If you can't do it, the government should not be able to do it. Okay? There's nothing magical about a group of people working in a building called government. All of our laws and all of our norms in dealing with one another are based in reality. They're based in fairness. Okay? And the principle behind if I can't do it, the government can't do it, is that Nobody should have nobody should have some unearned advantage over anybody else in our society. And but this this is what the government continuously does. They they just claim some monopoly authority over some aspect of our lives or so, or over some aspect of the economy. And there's no moral or uh, uh, there's no principled reason or moral reason why they should get to do that. And we, we've got to start seeing this as a, as a group of people. We've got to start understanding that there is no claim, there is no moral claim on the monopoly of force or the monopoly of power over other individuals. Uh, if, I, if I'm driving down the road and I see somebody do something wrong, but my life, let's say, is not immediately threatened, and I, let's say I kill that person. I don't, technically I don't have the authority to do that. I mean, I'm not sure a court would prosecute me for doing that, but they could because if I'm not personally wronged, I can't sit there and, you know, just claim to have police power and, and murder somebody on the street. Even if I, even if I, even if I observe them doing something wrong, let's say I observe somebody stealing a car and I run up cause I have, I've got concealed carry license and I run out, I jump in front of the car, boom, 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 boom. And I kill the driver. I could go to jail for murder. Okay. That, that is a, that is not something I have the authority to do. Uh, it would be an unjustified use of force. Now, if I'm in my own car and somebody pulls a gun on me and says, get out of the car, you know, I'm carjacking you. Well, I can pull my gun and shoot them. I mean, they're they're stealing my property. They're they're making an advance on on my person. Okay, that's altogether different. But that's not what's happening with the police. That's not what hap- what's happening with the government. So we need to start understanding this this distinction and pushing back. And there's a really great book. It's a, it's it's a it's a borderline academic book, but it's a great book. It's uh, written by a guy named Michael Hoyer, and it's called The Problem with Political Authority. And what he does is he takes you through all these different scenarios, and then he, he just analyzes it from this, from this perspective that I just laid out. And I highly recommend it if you're up for it. Go read Michael Hoyer's book, The Problem with Political Authority. And his la- it's humor. Hoimer. It's spelled H-E-U-M-E-R. Okay, I'm sure I slaughtered his name, but that's that's uh, how you spell it. 
and it is a natural, predictable consequence that you're going to have people benefit from it and other people suffer. So if you want a healthy economy, you have to study monetary theory and figure out why it is that we're suffering and everybody doesn't suffer equally or this wouldn't be so bad. It's always the poor people, those on retired incomes that suffer the most. But the politicians and those who get to use the money first, like the military industrial complex, they make a lot of money and they benefit from it. Well, I kind of disagree that, that, you know, it wouldn't be so bad if everybody got to use the money, you know, at the same time. The reality is it erodes our standard of living over time. So theoretically, not, not even theoretically, actually, if prices never went up, okay, but let's say our economy is growing over time and the government's only printing enough money to hold prices stable, they're still stealing from us, okay? Because in a vibrant, healthy economy, prices generally go down. As you produce more, um, prices go down. I mean, just look at the TVs. Radios, all the electronic devices that we buy, look at prices, historically go down. Why? Because more and more people are buying them and the cost of production, they're constantly making that more efficient and prices go down. Look, you know, the first cell phone, you know, those bricks, they used to cost like $3,000. Now you can buy a cell phone for 25 bucks. That's an increase in your standard of living. And the reason it's an increase in your standard of living is because you can take the other $2,750.25 or whatever it is, whatever that subtraction is, and you can spend it on something else that improves your life. That's, that's how standard of living works. Your, your, the money you have gets spread over more and more, a growing list of goods and services that come about as, as a as a consequence of having a vibrant economy where government basically has no influence or um, doesn't, doesn't weight it down with taxes and regulation. But, um, you know, the, the, these principles are so critical for people to understand or else we're just going to get more and more of the same until we're all poor. You know, they, they estimate now, even today, that roughly 20 million people have have moved out of the middle class. Okay, the middle class is defined as the middle three quintiles of our population. So there's a there's a, a top fifth quintile or top twenty percent. There's a bottom twenty percent. The three middle twenty percent or sixty percent of our population is defined as the middle class. Well, just since just in the last twenty years since the year two thousand they estimate that roughly 20, pe- 20 million people have moved out of the middle class. So the middle class is not expanding. It's shrinking. And the reason it's shrinking is for what is because of what Ron Paul is talking about. It's our monetary system. It's unfair. It's, it's, it favors the government. It favors the financial system, the banking system. And it's not a failure of the free market system when things go haywire and people lose, you know, half of their money or three quarters of the money in the stock market. That's not a failure of the free market. It's a failure of the monetary system and an overly aggressive expansion of credit and money in the economy. Mm-hmm.